on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Job Dean Cox again, this time he's in! At the second time of asking, Dean Cox takes Leighton Orient a step closer to Wembley. Carroll. Jonathan Tahue. Capable of anything. Tahue! Equalizer for Leighton Orient! We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from each end Lay an Orion Hello again, this is Steve Tung welcoming you to the Top of the Table Orient Hour. So all smiles around the table here in Brentwood, where we find in your team tonight, Trevor Singfield. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks Steve, very good. Good, so you should be. Rich Priest, welcome again, all well? Yeah, all good, thanks Steve. Top of the Table. Absolutely, and Supporters Liaison Officer Karen Harrison, all right? Yes, thank you. Recovered from the hangover from Carlisle. Thank I was you. going to say, you know, we're awaiting the tales of the Carlisle disco nights later on, possibly. <laughs> um, Andy Gilson is here just to press the buttons, make sure you can hear us, but he's such a shy and retiring chap, as you know, uh, that he may not be saying much. Anything he wants to chip in, very welcome. As on the menu, we'll take it chronologically as usual, which means looking back to that eventful Carlisle game on Saturday. Interested to hear from Kieran about the whole trip and a hat tip, obviously, to all 257 fans who made that journey. Much appreciated, I know, by the players and the management in particular. We'll uh, look back then in even greater, greater detail to last night in Gillingham, hear from the manager, Richie Wellens, about that one. Dulcet Dave will have Victor's view taking in Gillingham, plus uh, our next opponents, who of course are Salford on Saturday, and anything else we have time for, including perhaps the uh, unexpected uh, Harry Smith return from his loan spell at Exeter. So let's go with uh, Carlisle 2, Leighton Orient 3, ending Carlisle's unbeaten home record, uh, only their second defeat, although they had quite a few draws but uh, doing so against only 10 men for practically an hour. I'm sure I wasn't the only one who was feeling a little bit nervous in those later stages. Karen, you were up there. How did it feel on the ground, so to speak? Yeah, no, it was, it was good. <laughs> um, Theo took his goals well, um, especially the second one. It was like, like you sort of thinking to yourself, hang on a minute, is it going to, is it? Yes, happy days. And then um, Drynan's goal, I, initially I did think it was offside. I think they're all claiming it was offside. But I think he took a chip off, a, a tap off of one of the Carlisle defenders. But at the end of the day, the ref gave it. it what goes around comes around. It, you know, we've got to take it and play to the whistle, haven't you? And he took it very well, didn't he? Which should presumably give him a bit of confidence. By yeah. far, his best goal of the season so far. I was going to say, hopefully that will give him some confidence now to crack on and uh, get a few more. Trevor, Richard, did you feel it should have been a bit more comfortable, really, against 10 men for an hour? 
Well, I mean, it's just not the way we seem to do it, I suppose, is it? I mean, I, I, you know, went to three, well, as soon as he went to 10 men and 3 2, I'd, I'll be honest, I thought, well, that's, that's it. Like, this is going to be a draw at best, I suppose. But, um, you know, I, I think that's like the old mentality. I'm thinking maybe they're a bit more now. And, I mean, although they were, from what I hear, the, a lot better than we were. Um, I think it's one of the things that Richie's kind of instilled in us now is, you know, we, we can see out these games. Maybe it wasn't quite as as easy as it would have liked it to have been. But, you know, and I think that the thing that's after the games as well, I mean, Richie's always so, he speaks like a fan, I feel, when he does his interviews at the end because he's, you know, he, he knows that we're still falling short. I mean, to think really, you know, I'm looking at the table in front of me now and to see how far we are in front of some of those other teams and we've not really put in a 90-minute performance all season, I don't think. It's... Um, I was talking to, to, to Bill off air um, a couple of days ago and I was chatting to him and he said, you know, if we put in that 90 minute performance, just, just think of the damage we could probably do to someone. And, um, you know, three one up against 10 men, you'd think we'd have gone for four or five. But um, I mean, I'm happy. If the win's there, I'm happy. It doesn't matter how it comes, really. Trevor, um, Paul Smith pulled out in the warm-up. I wonder if one of the things about the last couple of games is, is how much we are still going to miss one or two key players if, if they are missing Smith and El Mizuni in particular. Yeah, I think jumping forward to last night's game, when Mizuni came on, it was nice. I felt really, really happy when he came on. He calmed me down and everybody even being at home to Gillingham. No, I don't know the extent what Smith, but if he feels something, he takes him out because... It's plainly obvious the bloke's a match winner for the O's, full stop, and he he doesn't get tappings, does he? As he proved again last night. But with the Carlisle game, I, I did fancy us to win up there, and uh, I did fancy Dwyane to get a goal because of his penalty against Chelsea. Because these teams at home, only one defeat, unbeaten at home, they, they were going to come up the O's. I mean, obviously you've got the dream start, haven't you, with, with, with Theo's goal and the calamitous keeper mistake for the second. Then it, 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 was, it was always going to be chance after chance sort of being us on the counter-attack. It's, we've seen teams come to Brisbane Road now and they, they're not really interested in the game of football. But I thought Carlisle would be, and they obviously... After Easter, even though they lost last night, but I was at QPR with my sister and I was checking that phone for that last twenty minutes. It, it, I said to my sister, "This this phone's going backwards." It was just because QPR were hanging on as well, <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> it was a dreadful twenty minutes to be honest. And I think psychologically, teams can't work out against ten. I think against Northampton, if they had had the four eleven, I don't think we'd have had the dross second half of what we did then. So. Look, I've watched too much football like yourselves. Ten men is just as hard against ten as eleven sometimes. Yes, it, it certainly proved it, didn't it? I don't know if you've seen the highlights since, but I wondered, the equalising goal didn't look like a corner. I mean, we've conceded yet again from a corner, which is a bit worrying, but um, it, I, I, nobody much appealed, I don't think, did they? But it looked very much as if it came off a of Carlisle head. Yeah, he said that on, in his interview and the the. the WhatsApp group went a bit mad. The ones who were watching it on the stream said there was no way it was a corner. So, but, but that went that went uh, against us. The Tom James supposed handball was was uh, came our way, and we actually broke away to score. Then after it, I think it didn't look. They were appealing. They were a bit upset, weren't they, about it? Yeah, well, like, like they like they didn't want to go three behind. Was it three one then? Wasn't it? So, yeah, it's it. Like Karen said, you get to these 
decisions in the game, some for, some against. And I'm a great believer it does even itself out. I mean, especially away from home in a place like that, we've got, we got the good rubber to green there, so we take that. <laughs> uh, what about the sending off? What did that look like either at the time or on the highlights, do you think? Uh, the sending off, that was uh, one practically got mashed in the face, wasn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, you know, you could see that. Could have been, you know, could have been construed as 50-50, but he got his hand out and he put his hand in his face. So it's like, I think the start of it, it could have been just a bit of barging. But then when, as soon as he raises his hand and pushes him over, he's off, isn't he? So. Yeah, I think Paul Simpson said in his interview as well that he thought it was already. He said he had, there, there was no complaints about it. But, I mean, it's interesting, really, when I, I always look at fans, opposition fans' opinions after the matches and... Um, it always seems to be the referee's fault whenever we win a game, like <laughs> according to the uh, the away to the uh, home teams fans and Carlisle, like you know he, he was an absolute shocker and you know this this and this. But yeah, you know, say that as Trev saying these things sort of even themselves out over a season, and I'll take it all day long at the minute. I was going to say the what I saw was the Carlisle fans were saying that we'd paid the rest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I was thinking, well, the money that they were throwing at Richie, you know, because he had yeah, some yeah. coins thrown at him, maybe that uh, could go towards <laughs> it. So thanks, thanks for their help. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we won't play uh, Richie's interview from that game because we'll hear about uh, the Ginningham game from him. But he did; he made, it was quite strong. If you heard it afterwards, about he, he talked about vile abuse from the supporters as well as coins being thrown. I, you were probably on the other side of the ground, weren't you? But was any of that sort of atmosphere and vitriol um, um, clear to you? I uh, didn't hear anything really untoward, other than you know what you usually hear, you know shouting backwards and forwards to each other but like you say he's right over the other side of the ground we're in the corner the open corner at the other end so you know it's it's not acceptable is it so no 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 hopefully they'll sort them out the, the other thing that struck me a bit was a bad second goal to concede I mean leaving the player unmarked like that uh when you're playing against 10 men and, and three one up um and I think it was Tom James, to be honest, one who was basically just quite a long way out of position, wasn't it? Yeah, but James was out of position and hunk of it away, didn't he? It was a silly ball. Mm. I think that's what uh, Richie was saying, that like they should have been going sort of over the top instead of playing these silly balls into feet. Man, you're facing your own goal. It was, it, was a, it was a silly, silly ball to play. And then James is well out of position and then they've got away and got one in quite quickly. But just probably should have just kept the ball. It's easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? But... It's, it's easy sitting in the stand saying, oh, yeah, just pass it around for the next 45 minutes and we're home and dry. But, um, you know, it's set play, whatever, mistake. Uh, sometimes you feel Orient are the only team that are going to beat Orient, if you, if you know what I mean. I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> what about Tom James, though? One of the absolute stars last season until he got that injury. Uh, I think it was home to Crawley game, so it was early December. Um, what do we make of him this season? Yeah, I mean, well, he won the first two goals of the month, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, leading scorer after two games. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, you know, that's probably where it ends, I guess, because, you know, even, I know we'll, we'll come on to yesterday's game later, but, you know, even last night, I could feel there was sort of, yeah, there was a few ripples and a few things I heard in the crowd. Not not abuse or anything, but just, you know, people saying around us, oh, he's so out of form, he's so... Um, and to be honest with you, at the moment, you know, the way, I mean, I, I, you know, again, I say we'll, we'll come on to yesterday's game. I mean, Rob Hunt was outstanding. Part of me s- starts to think, you know, he could fill in a right back. And, and as good as Jaden Sweeney's been playing, I'm surprised he's not even in the squad at the moment. I, I would have no problems putting him in at left back. And, and you know, possibly Tom James could do with a, a couple of games on the bench, maybe. But on his day, you know, he's probably the best right back in the division. 
Um, so, you know, I think for that reason, you know, Richie trusts him and knows him. So, um, and we're top of the table. So, you know, you can't really argue with that either. So, you know. I was going to say, and don't forget, we've got Craig Clay as well that can always step back as well. So, yeah, we came on last night for him, didn't they? With, yeah. with James, though, I feel, I'm not saying he's he, he lost in his own glory of the goals and that. The position he plays going forward is excellent, but sometimes defending-wise, he is paid to be a defender, first and foremost, you know, and it, it, I think he's forgetting some of his defensive duties for the odd occasion. And But when you do watch him closely, it, the, the, the man's skill and the pass he sees is a different level for, for our division. I mean, we were at Rochdale and he... He'd done this pass, and we oh, I didn't see that one. And it was just like, I think it was one lead up to one of our chances where the keeper pulled the worldly save off. But yeah, I think he's got to concentrate a little bit more and not get carried away that how good he is. I mean, he, he probably knows he's better than most of his opponents he comes up against week in, week out. And But brave man to drop him, I would say. He's the Trent Alexander-Arnold of Fiorian, <laughs> isn't he? Well, yes, he's, he thinks he is. He's tried some very ambitious shots. It's notice, notice, notable since those first couple of games anyway. Um, I, the other thing, of course, is, you know, that injury, I said early December that he did it. It was out until, what, the last game of the season, wasn't he? Tranmere and came on briefly. You just never quite, and it was a knee, wasn't it? So you never quite know just how much that's going to take out of somebody, do you? Well, they, sometimes they say they get through the first five or six games back on adrenaline and then you have a knockback, don't you, sometimes? And so whether he's feeling that, you don't know. And maybe as well, where we're top of the league, it's, you know, raised the, um, his metabolism and everything. And you just yep. think, you know, he's probably playing through. I, I think there's an argument as well that he's actually probably a better wing-back than an actual right-back as well. Um, I think it was Glenn who sort of said it to us before, didn't he? Um when he mentioned, because I think if my memory serves me correct, last season we were, we had three at the back and the the two wing backs, so um, that probably suited him more. So obviously he's you know he's not new to the position of right back, but maybe it just doesn't suit his game as much. He's a bit more limited in what he can do, and and it could well be that you know he's under instructions from Richie not to to bomb forward as much with the players in front of him, and um, but you know the things like basic mistakes and you know there's a couple of stray passes here and there. I mean. You know, he's he's probably still a good sort of solid six out of ten most games. You know, it's not like a Rob Hunt where you're looking at a seven or eight every game, a solid game. But um, I don't think it'll be long till we sort of see him back to the, the sort of form from last year with the more he's playing now anyway. I was going to say, when you're used to seeing eight or nine out of ten performances from somebody, when they actually do sort of drop down to the sort of six or seven, you think, oh my God, it's, it's all going wrong. But, you know, to be fair, he's, you know, consistently six or seven, you know, and it was interesting that the, the theme from the dressing room was clearly one uh, Theo Archibald gave, gave an interview to the club as well, which said very much the same as Richie. Basically, today, the result was the thing, wasn't it? It was the three points, uh, even in those circumstances. And, you know, let's be fair, away to a team who were, who were up there and, and were, were doing very well. Well, we, we, we went to Barrow unbeaten, didn't we? That's ticked off. We've got Carlisle unbeaten, who were unbeaten. We've ticked that one off and they both suffered defeats now straight away so there's only one really long trip left now for the O's to Hartlepool we've got them out of the way in the, in the good weather you know some teams that go up there later on in you know our Carlisle's pitch gets flooded and things like that so we're going to have no fixture pile up hopefully this season well that's my birthday away game so fingers crossed we'll be <laughs> celebrating promotion at that one <laughs> 
Let's so, so. yes, yeah, so a good three points, which actually looked all the better when we saw the other results, because um, maybe even better if Stevenage had held on and got the draw against Northampton instead of giving Northampton the win. But it put us right back on top of the table. And um, no, I don't think anybody else in the top half won apart from Swindon. So it was a, it was a good day. And a good night, Mrs. Harrison? Yes, what happens in Carlisle stays in Carlisle, <laughs> except for what others post on Facebook. Quite right. So that was Carlisle, and uh, Gillingham came up last night, um, League One team last season, of course, when uh, I'd quite forgotten until I looked at their stats from last season that Charlie Kelman played um, almost half the games for them last season, uh, got only two or three goals. But they arrived uh, having scored only six goals all season in 14 games, which was by far the worst of all the 92 clubs. Uh, they had two goals in uh, six games away from home. Uh, and I think probably in the first half, they had as many chances as us, didn't they? One or two chances? Yeah, it was, the first half was quite forgettable. Um, not mega clear-cut chances, but they huffed and puffed a little bit, didn't they, I think? And I don't think I went with the races entirely uh, before half-time. But yeah, it wasn't a great watch the first half. The second half was a bit better. Do we come back to the point I just made, actually, about key players missing? George Moncur, who was having a wisdom tooth out, apparently, and um, and Idris El-Mazouni missing first half. Um, and are we a bit worried about the effect that that might have um, if it occurs again? Because we clearly have got two or three key players, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, they are. They are. I mean, if you took Smith out of the, uh, the equation, then I think we really would be starting the game behind a black ball, I think, especially at home when we've got to... Uh, take the game forward to these teams who are now are going to sit deep that's the blueprint now to come into the Orient because they know they could get like we said somebody could get a right good idea and if they come through a game of football and open up a little bit and we get an early goal and the boys are in the mood for it you could you could see what would happen but overall they stuck to the task the whole evening, I think. I mean, I did enjoy the second half, but they, they stuck to a task. Cause, I mean, you can see why Gillian Mowney got six goals. I mean, that's, that's, that's outrageous, isn't it? One goal every two games. Because uh, we, 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 we heard that stand. We looked in the pub. They played. I mean, six goals, and they actually got two wins out of that as well, <laughs> and a few draws. You know, you know so at least, at least the goals they have scored have gave them some points, if you know what I mean. Because, like... If you don't score goals in any division of football, you're going to be in trouble in the long run, are you? I don't know if you remember at the start of the season when Richie was doing some interviews and that, and he was being asked about what teams was he, you know, looking over his shoulder at. And Gillingham was one of those teams because they, you know, they'd just come down, there was a bit of investment, and Neil Harris being there and that. And I remember him saying that, and I just think to myself, and you look at their stats and you just think, what were you worried about, Rich? <laughs> He was talking about budget, wasn't he? I mean, it always, I think, it was probably on our programme, actually, when he, when he, was, he was here, and he, he talked about the teams who've got a big budget and obviously mentioned Salford, Northampton, and two or three of those who'd come down, probably, I think, Crewe and, and Gillingham. Yeah, you're right, I do remember him mentioning. Well, I think, because isn't there, um, I think there's issues with the Gillingham chairman as well. So mm. I, don't, I don't think he's pulled funding, but I don't think he's spending anything like he used to. I mean, the, the fans want him out, um, and you kind of, you know how, I don't think... It, you know, we know how that is when you have a chairman that just sort of decides that they don't want to put into the club as much anymore, um, how it can affect the morale around the place. I don't think it matters sometimes who you have as the manager. 
you know, and, and as Trev was saying, I mean, to be honest with you, if they if they could finish, I don't, I'm not saying they'd be up there, but they certainly wouldn't be where they are because you know that first half, I didn't think that, you know, I've seen worse teams over there this season. In the first half, I thought, um, although I didn't, Viggs didn't really have to make too many saves, but um, I mean, they they were they were just awful at finishing. I, I, I like you know, I think that's the way it goes when you're down at the bottom of the league. That was one of those typical performances where, you know, and I never think that's about us, but. At half-time, when it was nil-nil, I thought, you know, they, they were the better team there, but they're missing everything. We'll probably come out and win this now because it just seems to be the way the football in God's work sometimes. When you're down there, nothing goes for you. You're going to come away with it with nothing because it's happened to us so many times over the years. So you could almost see what was going to happen there, I think. And even at half-time, I was quietly confident that we'd... Because Richie always, he, he sees the game as we do as fans, as I was saying before. And, I, you know, he was never going to leave that as it was. There, there had to be changes and... And we couldn't have been any worse than we were in the first half, to be fair. So, you know, I think it was kind of, it showed, you know, that second half, we, I don't think they even barely got out of their own half, to be honest, Gillingham. So um, it was well-deserved win in the end. I do think bringing on Mizuni was the game-changer, though, yesterday. I, I tell you, actually, I did like the look of um, Duke McKenna, actually, as well. Oh, yeah, he was I have to be honest. He only, I know he only came on right at the end, but he made a couple of really good passes. But I'm really impressed with our strength in depth, actually. I know... You know, we met, I mean, I, I don't think there's two better players in the division than Paul Smith and, and Theo Archibald, to be honest. Um, I think either of those two are gonna, would be big misses for us. But, you know, I, I, I like McKenna, Duke McKenna coming on in midfield. I think he looks good. I mean, we know what Idris, how good he is as well. Um, but I, it really does feel like with the signings we've made and the loan signings especially, you know, I, I like Kelman now as well. Um, I liked him anyway, but what I mean is, you know, I was a bit unsure at first, but he's got a good work rate, like we've driven back now, and and I wouldn't be upset if Harry Smith came back into the fold in January as well, to be honest. So, yeah, we'll talk about Harry later. Um, as you say, I think probably sweepstakes at half time as to as to how soon El Mizuni would be on and and who he'd replace, and actually what they did, and and we'll hear from the manager in a moment about why he changed it, because Theo unusually started on the left, didn't he, and, and wasn't doing terribly well. Drinan on the right, I thought, was, was actually doing very well. And we haven't talked about young, um, young Jaden Wareham on his debut. He, he works hard, doesn't he? He works hard, and he, he's very quick, I think. Um, anyone who saw that Chelsea under-21 game, they had some very quick little players. It's obviously something they like. What did you think of him, Trevor? Yeah, he, he, I think it's a tough debut for him, really, because... Some big lumps at the back, and he, he battled away nicely. I mean, he, it's it's a real hard call because he's twenty, isn't he? You know, and it's mm. sort of, you're coming into that position. He was sort of up there on his own down the middle with a couple of big defenders, but like I say he, he didn't flinch nothing, did he? And uh, we watched him in the Chelsea game, and he obviously had a great one against Sutton. And I'm with Rich about Duke McKenna. He come on. And in the Chelsea game, I thought he was lively in spells. He was probably one of our better players that night. But yeah, where he, he, I think he will get a position on the bench because obviously he's shown a, quite a bit in training as well. And obviously Jaden Sweeney's unlucky not to be on the bench, but he's not going to get you a goal in the 85th minute, is he? To be perfectly no. honest, where this where um, little fox in the box like Rule. It's what we need now because I don't think we scored many goals in the six-yard box this season. Say, it's a good introduction for him to yeah. men, I say men's football, you know, yeah. sort of the, to the first-team football. Well, it is, men's football is different from playing under-23 stuff because you come up against seasoned pros who just think, oh, I'm going to give this kid a kick, if he can catch him, that is. I mean, like you say, them Chelsea lads, they were so fast. They, they caught us on the counter twice, didn't they, in that game? But 
obviously comes from good stock from there. And it, I guess Chelsea are keeping good tabs on him. Now he's making a little bit of progress, slow progress, but look what he's up against. Yeah, and he played against Sutton as well, and yeah. he scored a couple of goals. And because Sutton being a fellow League Two team, you know, I mean, it, it showed that he can do it against, I say, yeah. League Two opposition, even though it was in the, the cup. But then, like you say, coming up against Chelsea under 21s, that's slightly different. And although he switched those positions around about a bit at the start of the second half, I think he was virtually playing as the number 10 for a bit because it was Smith went on the left, didn't he? Drinan uh, played up the middle, which was probably for the best, and, and Theo was on the right. So he, he got that bit of experience too. Uh, and we got the breakthrough eventually with a... Well, it was a lovely goal, really, wasn't it, down the left? That's what he does best. <laughs> it's just like inside quick goal it's championships we were saying it's like a championship finish really at the as end of the day as soon as shoulder goes down and he goes like <laughs> yeah, well, you know it's going to be yeah, in the net yeah, well as long as he hits the target because he's I would say my sister watched him at QBI and he said he got in that position so many times but would, would miss <laughs> so obviously through experience and dropping down the division he's now hitting the target with regular what's he got five now this yeah he's on five, five yeah. so yeah I mean, if he keeps at this rate, he's going to be double-figure goal scorer this year, isn't he? Yeah, well, 15, I suppose, mathematically. And, and that might be as well, because it doesn't look as if we're going to get a 20-goal-a-season man, does it? Which most promotion, or certainly most champion-winning teams, would expect to have someone getting 20, wouldn't you? But unless, oh, I'd, unless, I'd rather have three getting 15-plus. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're very well. They're very well spread around. And, and Rule popping, popping one in as well, which, which was good. Uh, um, I suppose we thought probably that, given Gillingham's record, one would be enough didn't we? But it's still a relief to get that second one. Well, we always say three and we've got a draw up with there, a little bit of the, that's in the, the pessimistic days because I actually think that we've all got to start, I think I said this previous show, we've all got to start to believe that we can do this now and not go back to that old Orient guaranteed disappointment since 1881 sort of uh, thing, you know. Maybe this new era with the ball going forward and, and Richie coming into the club and, I mean we don't you don't even hear Kenny Jackett's name mentioned anymore do you you know it's, it's as if that was years and years ago because the the new brooms come in and and it is we're on the crest of a wave with it at the moment so I think as Orient fans you've got to think come on we can do this but you, you just know in the back of your head <laughs> and, and <laughs> nagging little thing absolutely with Ruel's goal though I, I, I thought it was good because normally how I perceive Ruel's game is he can be quite selfish at times and he'll go for it and then he'll miss and he'll be like why didn't he just pass it out yesterday he passed it out he got the ball back and he got the great goal so mm. hopefully he'll realise now that you know sometimes that if you you know are going forward just lift your head up just see who's around you and then you might still get rewarded yeah I mean it was two great assists from Theo as well you know the ball through to Paul Smith and uh to get down the right side and, and pull that back for um, Ruel as well, you know. I mean, I say like, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Theo. I just think he's brilliant. But you know, the finishes against Carlisle, the assists there. I mean, as Karen said, I, I don't really mind who's scoring the goals. To be honest, if we're winning games, you know, and, you know I don't think. I think I, I was worried I did, at the start of the season. That was my fear was that we didn't have that. I say fear, but that was my worry was that we didn't have that. Maybe even sort of 15 to 20. Even though Drinham was not far off there last season, and, and Harry Smith as well, but. Um, I think sort of the way we're playing. I mean, I, 
you know, I don't want to look at this too quickly in front of me, but I mean, we're probably up there with the top scorers as well, I assume. I mean, yeah. we're not, if we're not... Just behind Northampton, I think. Yeah, think so... Best. I mean, you look at that, to be honest, and you wouldn't... There's, there's not a problem there, is there? And the fact that we've only conceded nine goals as well is ridiculous. I've only just noticed that properly as well. But, yep. you know, and, and to me, I still feel panicked when the ball comes towards us as well. And <laughs> I don't know why looking at that, because it doesn't make sense, because, like, we're, we're phenomenal defending, I think, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know I, I, we're not going to miss that striker, I don't think, and and I, I do like the look of Wareham as well, and I think I think all the signings we've made have, have improved us. Every loan signing we've bought in, I think that was exactly what we were missing, um, you know, before we got Duke McKenna in, before we got Wareham in. These were all the positions where we were thinking, you know, we need someone there, we need someone there, and obviously we've not even seen Connor Wood, so they were talking about freeing up his wages possibly for January, but. As things stand, I don't really know what we'd need in general, unless it's a massive injury crisis. I don't know at the moment where we're lacking anywhere. I mean, I would have said midfield before, but I don't think we are now, to be honest, with everyone fit again. So, you know, there's, there's some really nice problems to have. Yeah, no, it was a good uh, it was a good transfer window this summer, which was actually what I was trying to get Kent Teague to say when uh, we had that interview the other week. And uh, I wanted him really to compliment Martin Ling. And he said, that's his job. That's his job. <laughs> so, well, it was a very good job, I think. Anyway, well done for that one. Um, and finally, on Gillingham, we were uh, we were invited to uh, to vote for our player of the match on the website. Actually, any any thoughts? Well, the supporters club um, player of the match yesterday after the game, it was a tie. Oh, and was it? Was a, yeah, for the first time in a long time, it was a tie. And it was between Paul Smith and, and Theo, Theo Archibald. Right, well done. Well I think done. I would have had Rob Hunt in there as well. I thought he was phenomenal yesterday. I found it difficult. I chose Vigor, who'd been sarcastic with Karen. <laughs> um, I just thought, I think now with Smith and Archibald, they're playing their 8 out of 10 every week. And you just think, well, I expect them to do that. But like you say, Rob Hunt is a, a steady player as well. Where Sweeney's been getting man of the match when he's come in. It's because he's, in my opinion, playing better and above his level as such, where we expect Paul Smith to cut in, put, break the net. We expect Theo to lung-busting runs up and down all night. You know what I mean? He's just, just a ball of energy, isn't he? Everywhere he on the pitch. And he's, you can see he just loves playing football. So... You sort of like think, well, I expect you to do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, those are some, uh, some first thoughts. Uh, let's hear what the manager made of it and we can bounce off some of his comments. Here's Richie Wellens with Dave Victor. Richie, thanks for joining us. Once again, congratulations. Your side showed quality in that second half. Second half, exceptional. A um, little bit frustrated, for, oh, a lot frustrated first half. We'd never really done what we planned out to be. He wasn't fluent, he wasn't quick. Um, but then when you think about it, Six hour journey to Carlisle, six hour back. We've done the presentation in the meeting room before the game today. Um, and maybe the play was a little bit too early, too long. Um, and it was just a little bit lethargic. But then the first goal is exceptional. The way we played out from the back, the way we moved it, the tempo that we played at. And then all of the second half, I, I, I just enjoyed watching us. The atmosphere was good in, in the second half. The, the feeling around the ground was good. And then the performance that the players put on was really, really pleasing. Theo Archibald last couple of games has been exceptional. Yeah, I mean, he, he does. I do his heading sometimes because I keep moaning. I feel you don't always have to come on the inside. You can all because he's quick, and when you've got someone quick, and you you can get someone on the outside, they're always thinking he's quick. So you might overcover on the outside, and it allows him to come on his left foot. First half with a lefty on the left and a right on the right. Yeah, not not fluent. Nowhere for our fullbacks to go. Um, as soon as we switch them over, then we look more like our old selves. Paul Smith took his goal so well. 
Well, we knew it was right. I've watched right quite a while at, at Dagenham. He's a centre-back. He's quality from set plays and he's very, very good. But we felt we could get at him. Um, and, we, and we put Smudge across there and, and that's where the first goal's come from. And it was a night that showed the depth in the squad with all five substitutes making a valuable contribution. Yeah. Again, we've got 31 games left. We can't achieve anything in the net in the in the first 15 if we played. 15, we can't achieve anything in the next 15. We need to keep players fresh throughout the season, so the rotation is important, um, and it also keeps everybody happy. We've got a really good squad, but if you keep picking the same 11 and never bring in any subs, then that can you know melt away at players and it can eat them up, eat them up. Sorry, and um, and then the, the demeanour in the squad is not as good. So I think it's important to. To, to make sure everyone gets minutes and we've, we've made two or three changes today one obviously enforced with, with Monks having his um, wisdom tooth out Theo was touch and go um, but we've got minutes into a lot of players today yeah. and Sotirio took his goal very well yeah I mean that's what Ruel does um, ever since I've come into the club he's, he's finishing he's fantastic he gets we, we thought we could score goals today in the six yard box um, you know, I'm, I'm happy he was there because we, you know, when Monks plays he's a, he's a possession 10 he's a clever footballer he keeps the ball really well for us but when we play anybody else in there i.e. Paul Smythe or Ruel, um, then we do need people to run past his and join in and, and he's done that First league start for Jaden Wayman Yeah I thought he was bright I thought first half he was our best player um, even though we I think he had a, a shot where he went to, to, to go near post I thought he looked good he looked strong um, even though he's he's not the tallest, he put he uses his weight well, and he's a good footballer. So he'll be pleased and congratulate him on his on his league debut, um, and that now he'll be looking to kick on from that. And a clean sheet. I think that's nine. Is that nine from fifteen now? So um, I think we got lucky with one where where Viggs is. is I mean, it's a hell of a strike from again the, the lad right has got great technique. Hell of a strike, bit of a dipper. Um, our reactions are, are good to put the the the, the guy who strikes under pressure and he, and he skewed it wide. Should we assume that George Moncur will be okay for Saturday? I've no idea. I mean, I had a wisdom tooth um, a few years ago and I had it out about two o'clock and I only had a local and I was working at three o'clock. So Monks is a, a bit softer down here, aren't they? So Monks is a southerner, so he's a little bit soft, so he might need a couple, might need probably a day or two off. Salford City closing the gap. I mean that, gap. by the way. <laughs> I didn't think you would be. Uh, Salford City closing the gap, a club you know well. Closing the gap on us? Yeah, well, you know, how do you close I'm the gap yourself. if you win? Sorry, okay, so I'll start again. Yeah. So, Salford City closing the gap on other teams towards yeah. the top of no, the I table. I fully expect them to be up around there. I've watched quite a lot of football, um, and I get asked the question a lot who do I think will be up there? I think, in football terms, I think Bradford and, and Salford are right up there. But I do think that battle hard, and when the winter comes, when you need to, different ways of winning, um, different types of performances, which we've, we're capable of, I still think if you, if you finish above. Um, Northampton and Mansfield I think they're really really strong Stephen is quick Steve Evans is a good manager um, he keep, they keep surprising anyone um, but if you again if you offer me to be finished above uh, Northampton now and Mansfield then I'll take it Injury's okay at the moment? Yeah he's only Tomo Tomo's going to need injection which potentially will be out for, for three three weeks minimum um, we've tried to manage that and, he, and we played him um, the other day and he just wasn't quite at it. So when you when you come off someone's load, because he needs to come off his load, then his fitness suffers. Tom was a really, really fit lad, um, but his sharpness just wasn't there. So we, we took the decision to inject him, so we'll probably be three weeks. Over 7,000 tickets sold, and there was a good atmosphere tonight. Great atmosphere. Matt Harold told me before the game that sometimes on a Tuesday night, it can be a bit of a damp squid here. So he put me in a mood literally half an hour before the game. But 
but listen, it was it was tough to the supporters first half. We didn't give much to shout about, we played too slow. Um but in the second half, brilliant, brilliant occasion, brilliant supporters, I'm sure everyone everyone enjoyed it. <coughs> I would like more to stay at the end, but I get that that where we are people want to shoot off and get home. So um no, we just keep winning hopefully next time. I really enjoyed it, it was I thought it was a really good Tuesday night. Thank you very Thank much, you. Richie. Yes, Thank, Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Yes, a good uh, Tuesday night it was. Um, some good points as ever there from the manager, especially I thought about the, the five subs, keeping everyone happy and uh, keeping them happy on the bench as well. And the clean sheets, he's, he's keeping count, as I'm sure uh, Lawrence Vigaru is, correct? Nine out of 15, which as... Um, as Rich was saying, is, is very decent. A little request at the end for more fans to stay on and, and give the players a cheer on the lap of honour rather than rushing off home. I suppose it was understandable on a, a school or work night, is it? And um, uh, Karen's rushing down to Supporters Club to get the beer ready, are you? Yeah, I usually rush down to get the door open, but it, I, when, I, don't, I never like to leave before the final whistle. So how it generally works for me is as soon as the um, added time board goes up, um, uh, I go down to the bottom corner and then I'll stand in the corner, not in the uh, trapped areas, I might add, but I'll stand in the bottom corner and then I'll, as soon as that whistle's gone, I'm out the gate. Was the, was the North Stand a little bit thin last night? I don't know. It's a school, but it's, it's half-term holiday, isn't it? I was going to say, wasn't... it's half-term and I know that there was quite a few children there that had not actually been to a midweek game before, so that was nice to, oh, right. to hear that a couple of people sort of saying, oh, you know, they're getting to see the football in, under the lights, which... Yeah, it's an experience, isn't it, for them? So hopefully they'll do it. Uh, you you would have thought actually a half term week. Maybe the club might have um, done something actually, like to. Yeah, well, I think maybe they just that. didn't realise it was half term. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. Because to be fair, it was the way that the fixtures fell, and as a parent of children, that they're not at school anymore. But like growing up, I always thought, oh, can't they just do it in half term week? Then I haven't got to worry about getting them up in the morning. <laughs> for them to actually have done it. I was a bit confused myself and I was like, is it really half term this yeah. week, you know? Yeah, no, no, perhaps um, difficult uh, people wanted to get home as well on, on an evening. I mean, these big crowds as well, there's queues at the underground station, terrible getting out and uh, so goodness knows what it must be like driving away. We may have to Wait, get used so to the, these big better. crowds. Well, let's hope, let's hope. Well, that leads us on to our next section about how the table looks now. Uh, Richie has mentioned uh, Salford and Bradford there, who Bradford have been creeping up. Um, Tranmere, I think, have been creeping up until they were held at home by Rochdale last night, which won't have pleased them. And he always talks about Northampton and, and Mansfield. Um, to my mind, probably the best two teams we've played, are they Northampton and Mansfield? Well, Northampton were very well organised second half, weren't they? See, 10 men against our attack and they, they were comfortable seeing that out weren't they Mansfield probably found themselves a bit unfortunate to lose <coughs> but never mind um, <laughs> you you got you got to take what you can get can't you I mean the big guns are forming and it, it's what now you go down to Doncaster 22 points and Mansfield just below the playoff line 27 5 points splitting what nearly 9 10 teams I mean win two you're in the playoff spots I mean the good thing about the O's is they've got nine points clear. So that means Mansfield have got to win three. We've got to lose three for them to get anywhere near us. I mean, one defeat in 15. What happens if it's two defeats in 30? That table's going to look something else, isn't it? But, yeah, Stockport starting to put a little bit together now. They were pre-season favourites, weren't they? They were. With the bookmakers. I mean, Bradford are going to be 
with their crowds, it's, it's it's some kind of advantage. But teams, I think Wimbledon won there in the last minute the other week, and they've they've they're inconsistent. I mean, the only consistent team is is Orient and Stevenage, to be perfectly honest, because they're they're both four and five points clear of Northampton respectively, and it is probably like a mini championship. Anybody can beat anybody on their day because we all do a little flutter on the football curtains. You think oh, I didn't see that coming, and, and there you go. But Talking about not seeing it coming, who would have honestly thought that Orient would be at the top of the table with Stevenage of all teams? Do you know what I mean? Stevenage have been perennially down the bottom, haven't they? And they're struggling to stay in the division or stay in the football league. And yeah. um, they've got Steve Evans in and they're, you know, and they're up there with us. And a, a bit of a nemesis, Steve Evans. A bit of a nemesis. And uh, I did Orient tweet uh, a bit of banter with them, didn't they? They said, like, top of the league. They had a picture of Theo Archibald waving his arms and because like, Stephen had just said something the week before. I don't think social media, we want to get involved in any of that because <laughs> we know that could come back and bite us <laughs> in the wrong way. But no, I, I did think Stephen is with D.I.K. I think I said on this programme because Evans, you, you, for that man, you can't not play football for him because he, he won't get in the team will you if he don't he's got that work ethic and everywhere he's gone he gets some there and thereabouts doesn't he you know and, uh... but I think what that table shows is we've got no one to fear have we so you know bring them all on well all right so but so this program doesn't become um, a complete loving I'm going <laughs> to play devil's advocate here and say two things first of all how many have we played who have actually looked good how many of those teams out of 15 have you said they're a good team? Two, three. Can only beat what's in front of you as well, though, Steve. I mean, I think the benchmark is on the road because teams will come to us and we've got the most points away from home. And I think in most, in most of the, the division. Yeah, the at the division. So we're obviously strong on the counter and things like that. And we have gone to some hard places. I mean, by all accounts, Swindon away was our best performance of the season. We only get a point. Should yeah. have destroyed Doncaster, only get a point. Then you go to two of the other places, Barrow and Carlisle for the logistics, and Barrow on the crest of unbeaten, get the points. Um, everybody says we ain't played nobody. Well, hold on a minute. We've played 15 games now. And I think we've been very fortunate with injuries. We haven't had any key players out. We know that's going to come. Touching wood, people, I'm touching wood. <laughs> then... But that's down to Wellens and the management team because you hear him week in, week out, minutes, 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 minutes had to look after him. George is doing this and El Mizuno that. I mean, first impression was El Mizuno was out for three weeks. He's back within a week because they detect an injury, get the fella off, you know what I mean? Have a little rest, we go again. And so it's not all luck football, is it? I mean, the more you practice, the luckier you get. He said the fella in golf, didn't he? You know what I mean? But there is things... Are we training better that we're not getting these silly injuries like we perennially used to have over the years? They bought a different regime in, in that side of the pitch. We don't know, do we? Because we're not privy to that. But the management of the team minutes, he, he talks about it all the time. Oh, well, here he goes again. But it's obviously working, isn't it? Yeah, there's somebody doing some very good work there. Um, Rich, who are you going to give us? Northampton and Mansfield? Yeah, anybody else? Be, no. He follows Northampton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were my tip at the start of the season. They were ah. my, uh, MK Don's going to ruin my one for the, all the divisions, <clears throat> I think. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're the two standouts for me so far. Probably Mansfield just slightly more. I mean, if had Northampton had kept 11 men on, they could have probably impressed me just as much. Um, but I. I think Richie said the same thing. If you if you're finishing above either of those two, you're you're probably going to get promotion. I think. Um, 
and I think he's exactly right. I mean, it'd be interesting this Saturday actually seeing Salford because mm. I think for me, those three were the three that I would probably have said would almost, I would have thought at the start of the season they would be above us. I mean, teams like Bradford, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't think they were going to have a good season under Mark Hughes. Stevenage, you know, no one saw that coming, as Karen just said. I mean, you know, even with Steve Evans in charge, I mean, you know, I find everyone around every time the, the game's on there, this is what people are asking, how's Stevenage doing? And <laughs> if someone had said to me that pre-season, I would have thought, oh God, we're going to be right down there at the end of the season then. But, you know, it's, this, it's the result that we're looking out for at the moment. Stevenage, everyone's checking it. Um, and annoyingly, they just seem to be winning, it feels like, every week. But, you know, we are as well, it feels like. So... Um, I'm surprised the gap isn't more really when I look at it because I think as Trev just said there that you know some of these other teams they're they're in and out of form a little bit but you know the two of us seem to be it feels like we're, we're running away of it a bit more than the others and, and and you know there is really looking at the table in front of me there obviously Stevenage, Salford and Bradford are the only sort of teams I look at and think they're the possibly I mean we haven't played Stockpool yet and if it'll be annoying if they do start going on a run now and then, then we're going to actually start playing them because I would like to have um, Smashed them while they were weren't doing very well, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think you know Bradford, Salford, Stevenage. I think they're the only teams that I think left to face where I think you know could be tricky. But I've, I've thought that in three or four games already this season, and we've, we've probably won most of those ones. I've said that about. So there really is no need for us to, to fear anyone. I think it's a little bit like Arsenal in the Premier League. I think they've, what they've done, they, you know, you can't you don't realise how important it is to get that momentum going because once you start building up those results it doesn't matter who you play after that because you look at Arsenal's team it's nowhere near as strong I'd say as the other teams up there I don't want to go on about the Premier League sorry but you know because they've been churning out those results and that's what we're doing as well um, however the difference being I would put us up there slightly more and say you know I mean I would never have said we were going to do this but I wouldn't have been surprised you know we had, we've got the right manager I think I knew we had good players there we had, you know one of the best keepers in the division two of the best players up front in Smith and Archibald you know I know how good those players were myself I think Richie does a lot of the fans do um, it was about getting everything else to fall into place with it which I think you know we've done and it's you know it's about time this sort of thing paid off for us really to be honest with the, the misery we've had over the years so it's great to see really I think a couple of other teams that we've come get up against that were actually quite good. I thought Carlisle were good first half on Saturday. Saturday? Young, you know, not hungover still, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, on Saturday I thought Carlisle were good first half coming at us. And then um, Swindon as well. I would say Swindon were a good team. And uh, that's where we lost our first points, I think, as well, wasn't it, at Swindon? Mm. So. Well, with those fours in the playoffs now, Mansfield, Salford, Swindon and Bradford, I mean, the... That's going to be a dog eat dog the playoffs and the four or five places play. If they all keep taking points off each other and we keep nicking the wins, that, that gap could grow. Because we've still got a game in hand, don't forget. I know it's a tough one down in Wimbledon, a, a proper London derby um, on, a, on a Tuesday night, which I'm really looking forward to. That's our game in hand. So, you know, if you, if you won that, you, you could go even further ahead of the, of the chasing pack. But... Yeah, lots of draws in our division though, isn't there? And that's, it's always nice mm. when you've got your three points, you come in, oh, he's drawn, they've drawn, and they've drawn. They've all dropped two points each, haven't they? So it's... Yeah, Mansfield have still got their game in hand as well. They've still yeah. got their Queen's game to play, yeah. haven't they? So. You're right there, Trevor. I mean, that's a, that's a horrible four teams if you're in the playoffs. I, I really, really don't want to be in there for those because I'd look at that and when you consider that'd be over two legs or a one-off game in a final, I wouldn't want to play any of those in no. over that sort of period. I mean, you know, it's it's... 
top three or nothing, I think, for us this season. Although our record of getting to the finals of playoffs is quite good. I, I would not fancy that at all, I've got to be honest. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And the other point about Stephen is, of course, his Boxing Day at Brisbane Road, which um, we will be looking forward to with, uh, with great anticipation if, if those top two stay where they are. All right, well, that was uh, Mr Devil's Advocate. Uh, thank you, Mr Advocate, for joining us on the programme. It's uh, Steve Tung, Mr Positive, back with you now on the Orient Hour. And here's another very positive person, Dave Victor, with Victor's view of it all. Back-to-back victories and the O's at the top again with the game in hand over most of our rivals at Carlisle and against Gillingham, Theo Archibald at his best. We have seen so many high-quality goals this season and Theo's second on Saturday exceptional. Against Gillingham, he turned provider and after the restart, it was the pace and quality of Archibald and Paul Smith that opened up a stubborn visitor's defence. Late night inflicting Gillingham's first defeat in six on a night that demonstrated the depth of Richie Willen's squad. All five substitutes making a substantial contribution to an important victory, no least Will Soterio on target for late night second. And it's another huge match in E10 on Saturday. Richie's former club Salford in town, City currently fifth, nine points behind the O's, having ended a run that saw back-to-back defeats with a victory at rock bottom Hartlepool on Tuesday. Almost a third of the season gone, which he went inside in a great position. The squad looks settled and balanced. There's healthy competition for the vast majority of positions. And now Harry Smith is back, linked with both Gillingham and Walsall before heading west and up into League One with Exeter, the tall striker, has of course returned to Brisbane Road. And although not available until January, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Finally, I was grateful to be joined at half-time on Tuesday by Neil Taylor, the CEO of the Late Noyant Trust. The quality of Voyant's work in the community continues to be outstanding and is an aspect that we all should be proud of. Tuesday was Rainbow Laces, Orient celebrating diversity, and Neil made special mention of the work of Omar Beckles, who, having met the King last week, celebrated his 31st birthday in style on Tuesday with that success. These really are special times for our wonderful football club. Long may it continue. Long may it. Thank you, Dave. And uh, yes, happy birthday belatedly to Omar. I'm sure um, King Charles was uh, delighted to, to get the opportunity. Great privilege for him to meet our, meet our skipper. And so this Saturday, uh, a bad result last week. Salford, uh, nil two at home to Stockport in their big derby game, which um, attracted the huge crowd of three and a half thousand at Salford. They must have been terribly excited with uh, probably at least a thousand from Stockport. But um, Tuesday, they went to the bottom club, Hartlepool, and got a, a, a 2-0 win, which has left them up to fifth place. Uh, as we were saying, they're level with Mansfield and Swindon, so also nine points behind us. I think we've only, I make it, we've only beaten them once in seven attempts, actually, including the, the National League. So uh, what are we expecting, apart from the away section being quite sparsely attended? My money's on one all. Oh, on I Saturday. see. Um, only because we played Swindon, who Richie used to manage, one all. <laughs> we played Doncaster. What was the score at Doncaster? <laughs> so Very I'm going to go. So I'm going to go for one all myself. <laughs> Trevor, give us something a bit more optimistic than that, please. Well, there's sort of a, there's a sort of a rivalry. TV rivalry was made up, and it was starting in the National League, weren't we? Mm. We sort of uh, and that and. Uh, the thing is, we have to thank Thorford really because how they blew it against Fold and all them other teams, and we we got promoted with two nil draws. So I've got, I've got a soft spot for Salford, <laughs> to be honest, you know, because uh, 
we don't want to be in that national league. No, they they surprised me a little bit this year that they they're consistently sort of in that top seven this season. So uh, I expect a tough game. Um, they've got a good record at Brisbane Road, of course, like you say there. Oh, we don't want to take a point at home, Karen. Sorry, but um, I don't want them taking a point home either. But I'm just trying to make a point. It's. A tough game, and uh, they don't let many in either. They, I mean, they let in twelve, so it's going to be a tight, tough game. And I expect them to be a bit more creative coming forward, and than Gillingham and some of the other teams have. But they will be watching their videos of the O's now, and, and how we can get something. And then we have got to work out with different lineups. And I don't think it'd be the same starting lineup Saturday. I think we see Moncur back. I think he'd play. I think it's just a cover, isn't it? He's got wisdom tooth, maybe out for two days or whatever. I mean, it's it's good for him to have a rest, and hopefully he comes out all guns blazing and keeps the ball and he keeps the the midfield ticking over and going forward. I think what we see virtually uh, uh, was our first team out of Carlisle, wasn't it? Really, mm. you know, it's that when that lineup come through. And you had Mizuno and that in midfield. That to me was that to me was our virtual starting lineup. I know Saturio coming for Smith, but that team is what I expect to start. The, the the original Carlisle lineup when Smith was in the team. I think that starts. Smith out on the left, Theo yeah. on the right, and and Drinan. There's Drinan a song there somewhere, Steve. There's a song. Or it's going up the football league. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they've not scored many either. It looks on this rather badly printed league table as if they've scored 19 in 15 because they sold their top scorer, didn't they, before? What was his name? Thomas Sassanti. He went to West Brom, which was a big move, and I'm not, not sure how much he's done there. So, yes, they will be dangerous uh, with or without uh, too many supporters. Um, Stevenage are the only team who can overhaul us again if things do go wrong. They're at Colchester, who are having a really bad time, of course. Uh, Northampton at home to Newport, and I suppose we should say they should win that. And Mansfield play Swindon, which is useful, because, of course, it means that uh, one, if not both, will drop points. And then, of course, it's November and four away games, including that uh, the Crew Cup tie. Uh, none at home at all unless we draw with crew, I suppose, uh, or unless we beat them first time and then get a home draw. Uh, that would be the last Saturday of November, the second round of the Cup. Um, so coming up, Harrogate, nice trip. Stockport, a good day. These sound like your sort of days out, Trevor, to me. Yeah, I'm planning to go both of them, to be honest. Um, and crew probably in the Cup. We like a bit of the Cup um, and Wimbledon. So the bank balance is going to go a bit dipping this <laughs> month. But yeah, we see it coming. It'd be unbelievable if we got an away Cup draw, wouldn't it, on the, the last <laughs> one? But yeah, Stockport looking forward to going to them. They had 8,000 the other night, I think. Mm. Oh, great uh, crowd. 8,400 against Carlisle. So and the, there's obviously some, some great pubs along there now, I've been informed. Uh, Harrogate unfinished business because of the snow last year so um going to go back to that one so yeah looking forward to it i mean as long as the trains run of course well, well yes that leads me nicely into if you want to go on the um coach on the away travel service then do look at orientsupporters.org under the away travel and then there's details there for travel for crew in the fa cup which is free the football club are paying for those coaches and then there's also Stockport and Harrogate as well on there. 
So all the information's there, and just give Malcolm a call. He'll be looking forward to... His phone's been red hot for the last couple of days, so... <laughs> I bet. Well, nice gesture. Nice gesture from the club, the free coaches to, uh, to crew. Right, time is running out, but here's an interesting one that came up rather unexpectedly. Um, Harry Smith on loan to Exeter since the start of the season uh, because we were told he wanted more football. And then on Saturday night, he posted uh, this on Instagram, a quick message to say, I've decided to return to Lake Norin. I've ultimately found it difficult to settle in the area and I've decided to put my happiness first and reluctantly cut my loan short and I now understand I can't play any competitive football in the EFL until January at the earliest something I was well aware of uh, but I made my decision for the sake of my happiness and this was a small price I was prepared to pay um, it was a surprise I and mean, those at the point of the rule I think is that if you if you come back before the um, before the period of your loan is expired on on your own choice rather than the club getting you back and if it's uh, half a season because it was a full season loan uh, that you'll not be available but I understand from the club that he's been training and and he said he wants to get back and 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 get in our team ideally I mean is that an option to have it's a good plan b to have isn't it yeah, I mean, I'm a massive fan, so you know, you showed last season what you can bring, and he's, he's, he's something very different to what from what we've got at the moment, I think. Um, and if he can get in, it means he's obviously going to be performing really well because it's going to be very difficult for him to get in. But if he does, it obviously, means he's going to be doing the business. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he seems like a really nice guy, Harry Smith, and it's been well documented his issues. So, um, you know, good luck to him. I, I, I like him, and I hope he can. Um, sort everything out and, and we see him back in January. So if we end up facing teams that, you know, we just can't break through and then um, it, they, he's there on the bench, you can easily switch it around and then, like you say, you've got a good plan B there. If he comes into a happy dressing room, then and that can help him then. His form with that part of the season, the goal he scored against Crawley or something, was fab- you know, he, you know he, he can find the back of the net and against Newport, we could have done with Something like that little different bit of just lumping it forward occasionally. I don't think it'll happen that often. No. Well, good luck, Harry, and uh, and good to see you back in any way. And anyway. Um, other news, very briefly, uh, the home game with Bradford City on the first Saturday in December has been moved to a 12.30 kick-off. That's to avoid a possible clash with an England World Cup game. Uh, Salford tickets for Saturday selling fast but still available at the time of speaking. And home games, other home games this weekend, the academy team at home on Saturday morning to South End, 11.30, and the women's team on Sunday, 2 o'clock, against Brentford B. Both of those are at the Whitbreads ground at Woodford Bridge. So, final whistle is about to blow. Thanks this week to Trevor, to Karen, and to Rich, to Silent Andy Gilson, our producer, <laughs> and above all, thank you for listening. 7 pm next Wednesday on Phoenix 98 FM for Orient Hour. Up t- until then, up the O's. We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the best Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orient from E-Ten Lay an Orient from E-Ten this is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We will 
bombing eighteen eighty one. Clans and Orient and so begun. The old story and on it runs. We're late and Orient from E10. Whatever challenge has come our way, the only faithful are here to stay. We will live to fight another day. We're late and Orient from E10. Late and Orient from E10. This is our club and we are proud. So sing it up and sing it loud. We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around. So you know where we can be found when Saturday comes again. We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the vest Whatever challenge